It pains me to say this, but Dade Phelan is so desperate to hold on to his power that he will do just about anything. And his latest campaign stunt proves just that. Let's get to the show. In just a moment, we are going to go to a clip of Dade Phelan's latest campaign advertisement against Ken Paxton. Now, you would think, why Ken Paxton? I mean, why not Dave, like David Covey, who's running against Dade Phelan? The way elections work is you walk into the ballot box, you look at three names, right? Now, there will be three names on the ballot. It'll be David Covey, Dade Phelan, Alicia Davis, and you will have to pick one of those three. So traditional campaigning would tell you, and I've run, I don't know, I think last I counted, it was like 169 campaigns over 10 years, but it's a lot. And, you know, general rules are like, you want people to think well of you and not well of the other people on the ballot. Well, Dade Phelan's reaction to Donald Trump's endorsement and Dan Patrick's involvement and all of that is been rather comical. This ad, I mean, I, I posted the advertisement and it got tens of thousands of views, but uh, I want to build up an understanding of why Dade is so desperate, okay? So to start, we're actually going to talk about the fact, last week we talked about the fact that Donald Trump endorsed David Covey. This is the first state legislative endorsement from President Donald Trump. That is a big deal, and it is having a major effect. Even the people I've talked to in Jefferson, Orange, Jasper counties, they've said, Luke, everybody is talking about this endorsement. People who were on the fence, not sure what they're doing, are saying, look, this makes it clear. Maybe a lot of the things that people have been saying about the problems in the Texas House are indeed true. Actually, Dan Patrick texted a video into the district uh, from himself. And so, uh, and the audio is going to work really well for y'all as well. So let's go to this clip of Dan Patrick's 30-second video that he texted into every Republican voter. Uh, that's just, I don't know that, but it seems like a lot of Republicans got it. So every Republican voter in Dade Phelan's district, uh, let's go to this clip. Dade Phelan wants you to believe that he supports Donald Trump. Really? I've been the chair of the Trump campaign now for three elections in Texas, and I've never seen Dade at one Trump rally or event, and he's never offered to help. So why is Dade trying to fool you now? because he knows he's in trouble with the voters. Dave Phelan can't fool Donald Trump, and Dave Phelan will not be able to fool you. Donald Trump knows that David Covey is the real conservative in this race, and that's why Donald Trump has endorsed David Covey to be your next state representative. So Dan Patrick comes in and makes it clear, hey guys, just to let you know, Dave Phelan's out there saying, oh, I'm for Donald Trump. He had never done anything to help Donald Trump. And oh, by the way, Donald Trump has actually endorsed David Covey. Now, the reason I wanted y'all to hear that clip first is because this is giving you a perspective on Dade's kind of desperate actions that are to follow, okay? So Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick threw out the sham impeachment against Ken Paxton, came out and called out the House for their atrocious behavior, and set the stage, both through Attorney General Paxton's endurance and Dan Patrick's clear articulation of really bringing to light for a lot of Republicans the problems we have in Texas. And these are problems that we've talked about for a long time. 
On this show, at Texas Scorecard, the conservative grassroots as a whole, if you go to the you know, conservative club down the street. I went to the True Texas Project in Bear County just last month. And if you live in San Antonio area, they have meetings every month. The True Texas Project has satellite gatherings all over the state of Texas. You can go to their website and understand where you can plug in. And if they don't have a club in your area, reach out to them. Because if you can find three, four or five people that are willing to organize something, all of a sudden you could become a gathering of 30 or 40 or 50 patriots that get together regularly. So uh, I was at the True Texas Project, but all these people have been talking about it for six, eight, 10 years, 20 years. Look at the problems we have in the Texas House of Representatives. And it has really significantly been since 2009. So 2009 to where we find ourselves today in 2024. Okay, it's a pretty long time. And all of a sudden, Ken Paxson and Dan Patrick and all these other people are talking about these issues on a broader stage People are going, my gosh, this is a major problem, which has led to all the candidates running that are running. Not all of them are going to win, but more candidates are running against some of these incumbents than have ever done so before. So starting with that, uh, this video gets texted into Dade Phelan's district. Understand the significance of this. This is the sitting lieutenant governor, the most powerful state elected official in the state of Texas. If you don't know this, our lieutenant governor is really considered constitutionally slightly stronger than our governor in many respects. Um, it depends on the day during the interim. The governor probably has some more authority than the lieutenant governor. And during the legislative session where a lot of governing happens, the lieutenant governor probably has more authority and power than the governor. But this is the sitting lieutenant governor sending a message to his constituents because his constituents are also in Jefferson, Orange, and Jasper counties. And I always think this is funny because people will go, oh my gosh, I can't believe Dan Patrick is talking to these people. Uh, these are his constituents. He literally serves them. One of the things you'll hear from incumbents is they act like the voters under them are only theirs to misinform. This is a big belief of incumbents. The voters who I serve are only mine to misinform. And they'll get so offended that any of you would come into their district and tell their voters how they vote. If a sitting state representative goes into another representative's district, they get so mad. There's this like unspoken rule that you can't come into my district unless you tell me you're coming into the district, right? So don't come speak to my voters in Plano for Matt Shaheen unless you tell me you're coming. And like, what if I tell you, no, you can't talk to them because these incumbents have a certain framing that they want established in the minds of their voters. So people will say, oh my gosh, I can't believe Dan Patrick's talking to Dade Phelan's voters. And you realize uh, they're Dan Patrick's voters. These people voted to send Dan Patrick as their Lieutenant governor. He's communicating to them the realities of what's going on on the ground. Hey, I'm trying to reelect Donald Trump. Dade Phelan is not. And oh, by the way, Donald Trump doesn't even support Dade Phelan for re-election. So this happens a couple days after Donald Trump's endorsement. And then while this is all happening, Governor Greg Abbott is actually in Mike Alcott's district. And he had a rally for Mike Alcott in Mineral Wells. Now, for most people who listen and watch this program, you're going to say, I don't, where's Mineral Wells, Texas? Well, it's just west of Weatherford. 
And then some of you are like, where's Weatherford? Well, that's just west of Fort Worth. And if you don't know where Fort Worth is, then I really can't help you. Like you need to look at a Texas map. Okay, so let's just assume you know where Fort Worth is. A little bit west of that's Weatherford. A little bit west of that is Mineral Wells before you get to Abilene. But Mineral Wells is in Palo Pinto County. And Palo Pinto County is a county that has delivered Glenn Rogers the seat, his seat for state representative in the last two elections that have been hotly contested and he has barely won by a couple hundred votes. And Greg Abbott spent hundreds of thousands of dollars for Glenn Rogers. And I'm not saying that to throw Greg Abbott under the bus, but he did. In fact, in this speech he gave, he said, guys, two years ago, I made a mistake. And I'll give Greg Abbott a lot of credit in this. He showed up to this group and didn't act like I wasn't here two years ago telling you to represent elect Glenn Rogers. He just said it, guys. I made a mistake. Hindsight's 2020. He said, there's two truisms. Nobody's perfect. And hindsight's 2020. And I'm here to tell you that I made a mistake two years ago when I came to all of y'all and told you to elect Glenn Rogers because he said he was going to be a conservative Republican and he wasn't. And now I'm here to tell you that you need to send Mike Alcott to the Texas House. Okay, so thank you, Governor Abbott. In that, he started going down a list. Now, one of these false narratives that all these incumbents are saying that Greg Abbott has targeted is, well, see, the governor and I agree on everything except for one issue vouchers. This is their big scary thing. One issue, the governor and I agree on everything except for vouchers. And now this one little teeny disagreement we have means we can't work together, I guess. So they try to cast Greg as this, the governor as, as this like really unreasonable person. Well, Governor Abbott had a couple different issues with Glenn Rogers. Um, first was just his overall vote regarding fiscal responsibility. So Let's go to this clip. There is an organization that rates state representatives based upon if they're fiscally responsible with your money. In that rating, Glenn Rogers did not get an A, get a B. He did not get a C or a D. He got an F. He flunked the test of being fiscally responsible. We need to send to Austin, Texas, someone who will be fiscally responsible and that is Mike O'Connor. So here the governor makes it really clear, like, hey, I'm telling you Glenn Rogers is a problem because this guy consistently votes irresponsibly with your tax dollars, okay? That's not just one little issue, Greg. That's a lot of issues, a lot of votes you've been taking. But then he goes even further to get specific on something that Glenn Rogers also did while in office that has nothing, it probably has something to do with school choice and empowering parents. It does, but it's even a bigger core difference. Let's go to this clip. I believe that when you run as a Republican, you have a responsibility to represent the people who put you in office in a contested primary, to stand up and fight for those people and those values. And yet, when Glenn Rogers went to Austin, Texas, he voted to empower Democrats. When you empower Democrats, by definition, that means that you are disempowering Republicans. It is so important that we send to Austin, Texas, someone who is going to empower Republicans and not empower Democrats with powers of position in the Texas House of Representatives. 
So as you can see, Governor Abbott made it very clear. We need state representatives like Mike Alcott, who will put Republicans in positions of power in the Texas House. And I agree with the governor. It's remarkable how the framing that these liberal Republicans, the framing of these liberal Republicans is falling apart. That's the way I would say it. It's remarkable how the framing of these liberal Republicans is falling apart. There's just one little disagreement I have with the governor. Now, I've said this a bunch of times. I'm not telling you that I agree with every endorsement Governor Abbott has made in all these races, okay? The governor has made it very clear that the members that he is targeting are those who refused to support his school choice initiative. And the people who did support the school choice initiative, he is supporting. And yes, a lot, you know, some of you would say, hey, a lot of those people who the governor is supporting, uh, support Democrat chairs. And that's true. But we should give Governor Abbott credit for being in there and talking about these issues that matter a lot to Texans. Okay. And we should take that and use it to continue to move the state of Texas to the right, the Republican party to the right and the Texas house to the right. Now, all of this I'm bringing up to give you a perspective of Dade Phelan's mindset. Okay. Dade Phelan's mindset. Because Dade is under fire, okay? Dade is in trouble. Dade is getting pushed around. And he's got to figure out, how am I going to survive? How am I going to survive? And so the governor's over here, not just talking about vouchers, which is the scary word they'll use. We would use school choice and parent empowerment. He's talking about the fact that the Texas House of Representatives is a chamber that empowers Democrats, which it is. Dan Patrick is texting videos to his constituents who also live in Dade Phelan's district. And he's watching these Republicans across the state and they're all kind of getting desperate. And again, I want to show you Dade Phelan's advertisement and I want you to hear it. But before that, we're also going to go to a debate clip from Representative Justin Holland. This is Rockwall and a teeny bit of Collin County. Justin Holland. <clears throat> now, Justin is also in a bit of a desperate place. And, uh, and so he's trying to figure out, what, what am, what am I going to do? And um, we're going to go, uh, there's a ton of clips. If you go to my Twitter or X, I call it Twitter. Some people want me to call it X. I don't know. If you go there, I posted a bunch of these clips from his debate responses. And so you can watch three or four or five of them. Not going to play all of them here, but I am going to play the one that he had regarding Attorney General Ken Paxton. Okay. And I think this is probably helpful in understanding the level of pressure that these members are under in their districts. Now, Justin Holland is also somebody who is bad on school choice, who is bad on, he's literally one of two Republicans to vote for gun control in the Texas House. And he, like, his answers to all of these were just so bad. Democrat chairs. In fact, I think I, I think we're going to play the, the Democrat chair clip as well. So uh, let's play, uh, here's what I'm going to have. I'm going to have, um, I'm going to have us play the Democrat chair clip and the Ken Paxton clip. So y'all just watch and listen to these two clips back to back. 
and um, and then we'll talk about them. Okay. Uh, it would take a little bit more understanding of the Texas House rules and the Texas House Constitution to understand that the Texas House went by the letter of the law to the House. Please maintain your decorum. Excuse me, Mr. Holland. I need everybody to maintain your decorum. If you could reset my time, Patty. Yeah. Absolutely. The Texas House started in February when he asked for $3.3 million of your dollars. Out of, the, out of the House budget to pay for his whistleblower violation lawsuit, which he's now tried 13 times, and just admitted to the highest law enforcement officer in the state of Texas has tried 13 times to skirt the oath. He doesn't want to have to tell the truth. So if you're asking me if we did, if you know what? If we would have had a little bit more time, maybe we would have had 140 votes. <laughs> Raise your hand if you liked your property tax cut this year. Not everybody liked your property tax cut? Okay. Well, here's, here's the thing. In the Texas House, you have to have 100 votes to get anything passed as a constitutional amendment. 100 votes. Does anybody know how many Republicans there are? 86. We have to work with Democrats on some things. Is there any retired teachers or families of retired teachers that got a cost of living adjustment this year? Does anybody like the fact that we passed a state ban on income tax? What about Veterans Affairs? These, this is the new line, okay? Jared Patterson, Justin Holland, and all these other Dade Phelan lieutenants. Here's their new line. If you ask about Democrat chairs, they say, hey, do you, do you like your teacher pay raises? Do you like the fact that you have roads? Do you like the fact that there's water when you turn on the faucet? Well, that only happens if we pass infrastructure bills. And those infrastructure bills, if they're constitutional to establish like a constitutional fund, and that fund is gonna permanently fund water infrastructure, we need Democrats. So guess what, guys? We need to give them chairmanships all over the place. Now, here's the, here's the stupidity of this statement. Every single one of the bills that they mentioned, teacher pay raises, water infrastructure, roads, all of these bills had to go through the Texas Senate to get to the governor's desk, you dumbo. And the Texas Senate doesn't have any Democrat chairs. Last, last session, they had one Democrat chair. And then Dan Patrick started the session saying, hey, just to let you know, I, when... He's going to retire soon or get out of here, run for mayor, and I'm replacing him with a Republican. So it's like one after the other, after the other, after the other. That, it's not like the Democrats last session were like, oh, well, we're going to get some more chairs out of this. No, they're done in the Senate. So why did they not kill the teacher pay raise? Because they're not going to. Why didn't they kill all the infrastructure bills? Because they're not going to. And they're not going to in the Texas House of Representatives. And these... These individuals, like Jared Patterson and Justin Holland, this is their new, and you're going to hear this, by the way, once, what, remember, they don't really think for themselves, okay? So once leadership kind of gives a narrative, everybody just parrots it. So Cole Hefner and Jared Patterson and Justin Holland and Glenn Rogers will all say the same thing. And they'll all tell their people, hey, do you like roads? Do you like bridges? Well, we're not going to build bridges without Democrats, like physical bridges, so we need Democrat chairs. 
And that's great that that is their line because it tells you they're losing. Okay, so this is all to set the stage for you to understand that this is the mindset Dade Phelan's in. His lieutenants are getting attacked all across the state. The governor is in districts telling people we need to have a Texas House that doesn't empower Democrats. The lieutenant governor is talking to his constituents. Donald Trump has endorsed against Dade Phelan. And a poll has recently come out that shows that he's losing by 8%. And that poll was conducted before Donald Trump's endorsement. By the way, Dade Phelan will not release a poll. He will not release any polling from his district. And he won't do it because he's losing right now. Does that mean he's going to lose? No, it means he's losing. And he knows that in the Texas house is like a, a bunch of sharks. And so the second they think he's going to lose, he's like almost lost half his power already. And so they just have to tell everybody, oh, well, we got polling that shows us up. And you're like, no, you don't. You don't. Again, it doesn't mean he's going to lose. He could, he's spent like 1.8 million. He's probably gonna spend another $2 million. This guy's gonna spend $3.8 million trying to hold on to power. So he and his consultants, probably Jordan Berry and Matt Brownfield, and a couple of these guys get together and say, hey, let's figure out what we're gonna do to hold our power. And this is the advertisement they release. Let's go to the clip. It pains me to say this. Ken Paxson had an affair with a Senate staffer. When his own conservative deputies discovered Paxson traded legal favors to cover up his adultery, they reported him to law enforcement. 70% of House Republicans impeached him, and Paxson just admitted to the charges, no longer contesting the lawsuit. Vengeful Paxson is the reason Trump's involved himself in our race. If Paxson will break an oath to his wife and God, why would he tell Trump or you the truth? So now you might know why I started the show out. It pains me to say this. That's how I kicked us off. If you don't remember, then I guess I'm not very memorable, but that's okay. It pains me to say this. It's really remarkable how desperate Dade Phelan has gotten and how angry he is. I showed this advertisement to somebody close to me who's not super political just to say, Hey, what do you think about this? And they don't know all, you know, the specific players. They're not in politics all the time. And they just said, he seems angry. And I was like, yeah, I think he is. I told y'all this at the start of the show. It's like campaigning one one you have to negatively define the guy against you, the guy on the ballot against you. You know, my thought was, I really read this, this TV ad, like, it pains me to say this, but I can't find anything bad about David Covey, so I've decided to attack Ken Paxton and Donald Trump. That's basically, that is, that is the 30-second ad in a nutshell. It pains me to say this, I got nothing against my opponent, I guess I'm just going to start slinging mud at everybody else who doesn't like me. But it tells you where he's at. He's desperate. 
He's trying to hold on to power and he's very, very angry that people who he tried to destroy people's lives, who he tried to destroy voters choices that he tried to reverse and undermine have not been undermined, have not been destroyed and have not been overturned. And he's angry. And therefore, he's not communicating that to his district in the form of this latest advertisement. So this is what's going on around the state of Texas. Wherever you are, you have an opportunity. I think that we are going to see in the month of February, 15 to $20 million spent from like Austin establishment interests, Texans for lawsuit reform, associated Republicans of Texas, the realtors, all these various people are just going to pump so much money, so much money into all of these races to try to maintain the status quo. And they're going to succeed in some areas. And I hate it. It's very difficult for me to think that they're going to succeed in many areas, but they will. That happens. But Conservatives are fighting all across the state of Texas together to ensure that we at least have a chance, a shot, a hope of a different direction for the Texas House of Representatives. If you haven't listened to my show, uh, it's, it's titled 48 Conservative Bills That Died in the Texas House of Representatives. It's on YouTube. You can go listen on Spotify. You can read it on Texas Scorecard. 48 Conservative Bills That Died in the Texas House of Representatives. That gives you an idea of like all the stuff that these guys have killed. And it'll tell you why we need a new direction. If you haven't watched the Texas heist, go watch it. Probably one of the most, probably the most successful Texas political documentary ever made. I don't know of anyone that rivals it close to it. So, um, It'll, again, tell you why people talk and engage about in this battle at all. So my message is that the Austin Swamp is about to spend more money than you've ever seen them spend in a 30-day period of time. I think maybe in Texas political history. And conservatives across the state need to understand that it's going to take their time, their talent, their treasure their focus, their discipline, and that ultimately the duty is ours and the results are God's. We hold these things with an open hand. There's a vocational calling to engage in the political process, I believe, that I have and that many of you have. You wouldn't be listening or watching this program if not. But understand that the people that are killing all of these conservative policies are angry right now because more people have seemingly been woken up than ever before. And that's a big problem for them. So hopefully that gives you a little hope, but understand the battle before us is immense. May God bless you. And may God bless the great state of Texas. Do you want to get your news from people who share your values? Texas scorecard, real news for real Texans.